Welcome to the Very Honored Fraterby Team's Esoteric Nerd Podcast, Episode 9, in which I interview Jeffrey Lee Contreras, founding member, Society of Magical Artists, or SOMA. But first... Today's episode is brought to you in part by the letter B. B. For basic basic. 1. It means the most basic basic of all basics and results in clearing. It is found on the clearing course. 2. The first engram on the whole time track. 3. Any similar circumstance repetitive through a person's whole track has a first time it occurred, and that first time that it occurred we call basic basic. If you're confused about why I'm having you learn about the terminology used by L. Ron Hubbard, founder of the Church of Scientology, I invite you to go to Google and search for the words Pymander, P-Y-M-A-N-D-E-R, no, K-N-O-W, T-O, mystery, M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y. Hubbard's system is basically thelema, but taken into a context that doesn't require a specific set of modalities. It's a more universal means of incorporating these ideas into your life, no matter who you are, where you are, what you associate with, what's going on. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend picking up a copy of Sex and Rockets. You get a sense of L. Ron Hubbard sitting there taking notes while Jack Parsons has sex on the altar, listening to the same record over and over and over and you can kind of understand why he turned sulfur, salt, and mercury into affinity, reality, and communication, and thought that the whole thing ought to be reinvented for the modern, rational, present-day mind. It's actually quite brilliant. I do recommend avoiding the actual organization, though. And now for part two of our ongoing segments... The real Rosencruz in which we examine the next portion of the Fama Fraternitatis, hearing it in the original German and in the original English translation, which is a little bit arcane in its English. Zwar ist der unbesonnenen Welt damit wenig gedient, und das Lästern, Lachen und Spotten nimmt stets zu. Auch sind bei den Gelehrten Stolz und Ehrgeiz so groß, dass sie nicht zusammenkommen mögen, um aus allen, was Gott uns in unserer Zeit reichlich mitgeteilt hat, ein Librum Naturae oder eine verbindliche Richtschnur für alle Künste zusammenzutragen, sondern jeder den anderen verärgert und ihm Widerstand bietet. Although the rude world, herewith, will be but little pleased, but rather smile and scoff thereat, also the pride and covetousness of the learned is so great, it will not suffer them to agree together. But were they united, they might out of all of those things which in this our age God doth so richly bestow upon us, collect librum naturae, or a perfect method of all arts. So bleibt man also bei der alten Leier und Papst Aristoteles und Galenus, ja alles, was nur einer alten Handschrift gleicht, muss als das helle offenbare Licht gelten, obwohl letztere sich wenn sie noch lebten, zweifellos mit großer Freude korrigieren würden. Hier aber ist man für so ein großes Werk zu schwach. Und obwohl diesem Zustand in der Theologie, Physik und Mathematik die Wahrheit entgegengesetzt wird, lässt doch der alte Feind seine List und seine Groll häufig sehen, 
wenn er durch Zwietracht säne Schwärmer und Landstreicher den guten Verlauf hindert und verleumdet. But such is their opposition that they still keep and are loth to leave the old course, esteeming porphyry, Aristotle and Galen, yea, and that which hath but a mere show of learning, more than the clear and manifested light and truth, who, if they were now living, with much joy would leave their erroneous doctrines. But here is too great weakness for such a great art. And although in theology, physic, and the mathematic, the truth doth oppose itself, nevertheless, the old enemy, by his subtlety and craft, doth show himself in hindering every good purpose by his instruments, and contentious, wavering principle. I've had the privilege of knowing tonight's guest, Jeffrey Lee Contreras, for many years. The ten books which he thinks that everyone should read, in order, are The Function of the Orgasm by Wilhelm Reich, Info Psychology by Timothy Leary, The Forty-Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene, The Golden Bough by Sir James Fraser, The Mystical Kabbalah by Dion Fortune, the Stand by Stephen King, The Tree of Evil by William Gray, The Land of No Horizon by Kevin and Matthew Taylor, The Coming Race by Baron Edward Bulwer Lytton, and The Essential Golden Dawn by Czech and Sandra Tabitha Cicero. The Society of Magical Artists, or SOMA, is a non-profit association which seeks to provide an avenue or platform whereby the talents, ideas, and artifacts of its individual members may be openly shared and nurtured within the society for the betterment of all. The major source of inspiration for SOMA is what is known today as the Western Mystery Tradition, with its various systems of initiation, magical practices, and tremendous works of art which have been birthed by its students for millennia. Yet, Soma's attention is not restricted to this alone. The founders of the society believe that virtually all traditions in the East and West share the same sublime and universal truths at their core. It is the will and intention of Soma to serve as a pan-media crucible for its members, wherein they may share their art, ideas, passions, and perspectives, gaining exposure which may have been less accessible in the past. The society seeks to assist and uplift the individual through modern technology, so that the individual's artistic expressions, regardless of its medium, may be delivered to the world at large. Earlier today, Jeffrey announced on the SOMA page that the fourth Western Mystery Conference had been canceled due to not selling enough tickets. He said he did everything he could to make it happen to the point of incurring a massive debt. Now, seeing as the Society of Magical Artists is very much in the same spirit as the Esoteric Nerd podcast, and as we get into in the interview, possibly motivated by pretty much exactly the same sort of things, I thought maybe I could help him get the word out. And uh, maybe if people hear this podcast and they click through and click join on the uh, Facebook page for the Society of Magical Artists, then when the Fourth Western Mystery Conference is rescheduled... Hopefully there'll be enough interest for it to keep rolling, because I'd like to see what, what he and my other friends in Austin have created uh, thrive and really shine in the esoteric world. 
And so, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Welcome to the Esoterra Nerd Podcast, brother. How are you? I am doing great. How are you, brother? Very well. It's been a, a couple years since we've spoken. Yes, it has been, actually, since the last time you did a webinar for us uh, yes. at SOMA. That was basically, I wanted to, uh, there was some kind of seminar that you were having. You were getting some great minds together, and I thought that maybe people, some people are listening to this podcast that aren't on SOMA, and I thought they ought to know about what, what you guys have got going on over there. And So if you could kind of tell us a little bit about SOMA and, and uh, what it stands for and, and uh, who all, what all different kinds of uh, schools are connected to it or, or systems of magic and all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, actually, uh, SOMA is an acronym that stands for the Society of Magical Artists. We've known each other for about almost 20 years. 1996, August. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's almost been 20 years, and in in that 20 years since I met you, I've met uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of amazing occultists because I for lack of a better word, I, I don't want to think maybe people to think I'm maybe like a title or a, a, a grade seeker, but I've joined several, uh, if not dozens, of esoteric groups, and I've gotten to know, like I said, dozens or hundreds of occultists over the de past two decades, and SOMA it was a way to kind of like bring all these people together that I've met that really aren't like, say, you know, the cream of the crop, but they're just like the middle of the road, the people that are just, you know, plugging along, that's trying to like get through, to trying to advance and to bring them the, the cream of the crop, the higher grades, the people that have inspired them so much, the authors, the movers, the shakers. And it's a place where we don't really discuss politics. You know, we're not about, oh, well, my order does it this way or my order does it this way or in this group, we do it this way and that's why we think we're the best. No, right. so much not about that. So much just about, hey, this is what I do and this is working for me or check out this tool that I made or this altar that I built or look at these drawings that I did. It's, it's about sharing your experience and motivating others who are on the path who might be going through, you know, a, a drought or kind of like an ebb in their work. And, you know, just ha kind of keep everybody moving forward. Yeah. I think that you and I have very similar motives in, uh, in, in you know, SOMA and the Esoterra Nerd uh, podcast in that um, we want to cull out of the good experiences that we've had, you know, to, to draw out the positive and leave behind the negative because there was so much positive. And so it just seems like such a shame, you know, and, and, and when I was younger, I thought maybe uh, maybe you just can't have that kind of positive without all that negative. You know, maybe you need some asshole, uh, you know, at the top that, it, you know, to have some hierarchy in order to have this kind of collective experience. And uh, 
And, you know, but I think that um, my, my dad said in his book, Transformations, you know, that we're, that that's Piscean. We're moving on to the age of Aquarius, where if we're to assemble together in crowds, let's do it to celebrate each other, not some one guy up on the stage doing it all for us, you know. Exactly. And uh, then, then we get and to crucify him or, or, or worship him or take sides and do both. We lived through some pretty dark times, and especially in the Golden Dawn vein of, you know, the, the esoteric or occult war, you know, uh, the so-called Golden Dawn Wars, you know, that was that was not good for anybody. You know, everybody ended up with mud on themselves, and it, it didn't do the Golden Dawn any justice. And, you know, other esoteric groups, you know, they look back at that, and, and for a long time, that's what they thought the Golden Dawn was, and when really it wasn't. You know, it was just, you know, a few people, you know, kept, that would keep throwing mud, and... And there was so much more to it, and I wanted to make sure that that got out there as well. Hmm. Yeah, there was a time when you were watching uh, all the the mud getting slung back and forth, and I was out there slinging mud. I think everybody is a little bit guilty of that. So, I mean, you know, people get defensive at times, and, you know, they want to defend what they feel has brought them, you know, to a higher state of consciousness, and... That, that in itself is just a human nature. You know what I mean? You, you don't like to see things that have brought you good, you know, have done you right, you know, be slung in the mud for any reason. And, and it's only natural to want to defend it. But I'm so glad that we've got to the point where we don't need that anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're beyond that. It's now it's about coming together. I grew up around occultists, so I've always been more interested in science fiction. So as into the occult as I am, you know, people are surprised when they start listing off books saying, well, surely you've read this book and this book and this book, right? Or this book or this book. I'm like, nope, none of the above. You know, I, I learned all my magic from people. That's one of the things about you, uh, Edward. You know, you were kind of like a prodigy in the, in the, you know, in the magical world. You and Elegwin. You know, you two guys, it's just like, I'm amazed at you two. I mean, you advanced so far at such an early age, and I just thought to myself, man, I I wish I would have started eight years sooner. (laughs) Well, it has its drawbacks. Because of my contacts and because I had so many different people that I could call upon, I mean, way back in, I think, 95, I realized, hey, you know, I've been a member of like four different Golden Dawn groups, and I'm pretty friendly with everyone in them. You know, let's see if we can get some people together and, you know, maybe have a conference. And and actually, you know, it, it was because I needed to get an advancement and I had to bring some, some people into town that I thought, well, let's just bring some other people into town. And it just so happened that another group had, had some of their big wigs coming into town. And, and in 95, we we had, you know, the first Western Mystery Conference. And... Uh, it, it, it was a really quick thing. We did it in like three months, and it was really great. And uh, it was so great that we decided, hey, let's do it again in 96. And we, we tried that in 96, and it was even bigger. Uh, but uh, for some reason, you know, it just wasn't as successful. And I kind of lo- lost a little money on that, and I kind of like just put it aside for the next few years. And then... In the 2000s, early 2000s, social media started becoming a thing. And, you know, it was MySpace and, you know, that was really starting to bring a bunch of people together. And then when Facebook took off, it was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, now even my mom has a Facebook account. So it's just like everybody's on Facebook and it seemed like, hey, let's start a group 
got a bunch of people together. Uh, you know, Soma's doing really well. I think we almost have about 3,500 members. And, and, and if you're not a member, uh, it's, you know, absolutely free to join. It's on Facebook. And it's a great place to hang out. You know, people share a lot of quality stuff there. And like I said, it, it's no politics. One of our taglines is, it's about the people, not the practice. And, you know, and the, one of our second ones is, it's dialogue without dogma. So it's, it's, it's not just, you know, it's, it's not about where you came from or where you're at right now. It's, what, it's about what you're doing. And because of that, we decided to revive the conference. And uh, we did it last year. Uh, it worked really well. We tried to do it again this year. But unfortunately, I, I don't know if it's a sophomore slump or it's just the natural ebb and flow of things. Uh, but we, we did have to cancel this year's conference. However... We're already in the works of, or we're we're scaling back, and we're going to start doing it. Maybe instead of one big conference a year, we're going to do like two or three mini conferences a year. I know uh, a lot of people are, are fortunate that they live on the West Coast or they live on the East Coast, where a lot of big, major occult conferences happen. But in the middle of the country, there's not anything really going on, and and here in Austin. We, we have such a vibrant and active, you know, occult community uh, with the pagans, you know, the, the esoteric masons, the Golden Dawn, the OTO Lodge is one of the, one of the best OTO Lodges in the country. Uh, you know, we have voodoo groups here. Uh, the Martinism is really big here in Austin right now. And it just seems like, you know, this is becoming for lack of a better word, a hub of occultism in the middle of the country that uh, that we want to take advantage of and we want to help bring people here in order to expose them to a lot of different occult currents. Yeah, I'm really glad that's going on. Yeah, me too, actually, because it's, it's really broadened, you know, uh, my esoteric repertoire because, you know, for almost 15 years, uh, Golden Dawn was like the only type of study I did and, you know... Maybe it hindered me that, you know, I started over a couple of times in a couple of different groups, but I think that really just strengthened my outer order knowledge and my resolve into getting this done. And then once I was, once I finally made it to adepthood, you know, I, when I started branching out, you know, one of the first things I, I reached out to was Martinism and that really rounded me out a yeah. lot. And I love that meditation really, on the tarot. Yeah, it added a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, that, that the Golden Dawn and the Outer Order didn't focus on, and it really helped my adept work. I, uh, they remind me of the Cromlech a little bit. In the, in the Definitely. Form. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's a lot, a lot of prayer work, a lot of stuff that, you know, while they mention it in the Golden Dawn, it, it's not really its focus. And, and now, because of that, you know, I'm starting to get into more voodoo-like practices and a lot of other stuff that, you know, that I, I think perhaps, you know, maybe should have been, I hope, I wish I would have got into early on because some of the stuff is so easy to start and really helps you along when, the further you get. Very interesting. Um, who are some of the people that you have lined up for the next conference? Well, like I said, we, we did have to cancel this this year's conference, which was I, I was I was very sad and disappointed by it, but I didn't let it deter me. Uh, so that was going to be next month in October. We had Chicken Tabitha Cicero, uh, Aaron Leidich, 
uh, had Frater Ashan Shashan, who is amazing, by the way. If you haven't, if you haven't seen any of his work, if you haven't uh, read uh, The Circle in the Stone, uh, this guy is amazing. He's out of Colorado, and he is bringing ceremonial magic back to being the sexy thing that it was when we were reading about it and wishing, you know, th- that's what we want to be when we grew up. That's great. Do I know him maybe by another name? Does he have a temple or is it, does he have a blog that maybe might sound familiar? He doesn't, but you can find him on Facebook. He still is still going by the Frater Ashan Sashan name. Facebook has not made him change his name yet. He's one of the few holdouts, which I don't know if, if there's magic working there or not. Uh, but another awesome, I mean, he's one of, he's, for, to me, he's one of the new rock stars in magic. Uh, along with Rufus Opus, uh, his Seven Stones work is incredible. Seven Spheres, I mean, the Seven Spheres work is incredible. And Jason Miller, uh, sorcerer extraordinaire. I mean, we had a lineup that I thought to myself, I would go anywhere in the country to see these people. And I know, well, maybe it's just me, but I couldn't believe you know, how I got pulled this lineup together and it was just kind of like, oh man, you know, a lot of people wanted to be there. We had over a hundred people say they wanted to go, but in the end, there just wasn't enough pre-sale tickets. But in March and April, I'm going to bring those four together and they're going to do a Ceremonial Magic Holy Garden Angel uh, Symposium. And it's going to be Jason Miller, Frater Ashan Sushan, uh, Rufus Opus, and Aaron Leitch. So that's going to be something to look forward to. And then in June, July, we're going to be putting a voodoo symposium together, uh, hopefully with Christopher Bradford and uh, several other, uh, Brother Moloch, and, uh, and, and, and a few other uh, voodooists that I have been kind of in contact to that I haven't got confirmation with yet. Nice. There's a guy named pa- who I know is Papadoc that I... I, uh, someone probably knows who I'm referring to. If you could get in touch with him and get him in touch with Soma, that'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate that. And, and you, guys, Philadelphia, you, guys, you guys on the f- podcast, uh, if, if you're not friends with me or if you, if you need to contact me, you can always find me on Facebook. It's very simple. Uh, Jeffrey Contreras or Jeffrey Lee Contreras, or you can just go to Soma. Uh, it's just like it sounds, S-O-M-A. I'll, I'll put a link in the description M-I-A. as well. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that, Edward. Yeah, certainly. How much do pre-sale tickets run to uh, one of those events? Next time, uh, it's just going to be four speakers over two days. They'll, uh, they'll all speak twice, and we'll have a panel uh, in the evening. And uh, we'll, we're probably looking at about uh, $75 at the door, $50, $60 pre-sale. So when you have all the details on that, let me know and I'll put together or we can both put together some kind of like an ad, like a little 30 second spot to throw into that episode. So people know what, know it's coming up and, and, and have the details and they can click through and, uh, and buy a ticket. Yeah, that would be great. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's the same. I, as far as I can tell, we're both doing the same thing. It's just the difference is that I'm just doing it for fun in my spare time, and you're actually losing money on it, <laughs> and you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. Um, so so I respect that. I, I saw when, when I saw your post. Maybe in a year sorry, you can be losing money on it, too. <laughs> Do you happen to have any thoughts on... The concept of Rosicrucian in general, or is some specific aspect of it? The real Rosicrucian. They were kind of like, 
a hodgepodge of all the cool stuff that was going on at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the cool stuff from liberalism, the cool stuff from occultism, the cool stuff from medicine. Science, yeah. The, yeah, science, technology, as it was back then. I mean, they were like the... Uh, I, I hate to even use this word, but they were like the hipsters of their time yeah. of cool shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they were like going, hey, look. Look at all this cool stuff from before that nobody paid attention to. Let's pay attention to it now and see what we can do with it. Yeah. And I really respect those guys, definitely. Because, totally. you know, they kept they kept our tradition alive. And, and actually, they revived it and made it sexy and cool and if it wasn't for those guys you know there might have never been a golden dawn that's true yeah they it was it was kind of i mean you could look at it as brilliant marketing to anonymously post a manifesto like that it's to say we're underground and don't find us we'll find you and uh back then you could i mean they were up in germany where it was a little bit more liberal than closer to rome but i mean that's the kind of thing you could have gotten you know, burned for in 1611. Definitely, especially at that time. But just just a hundred years after that, you know, everybody wanted in. Everybody wanted to be doing it. And, and you know, if you went to college, you, you knew about the Rosicrucians, and it was just like, hey, where can I find this secret group? And it was just like, oh, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, let's pretend like we're them already, and we start our own group. And yep. It, it, Exactly, you know, and that's pretty much the which golden dawn right there. Which is perfect, yeah. Wherever a bunch of esoteric nerds come together with uh, a shared desire to share the knowledge of the 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 you know what they what they didn't learn in college or maybe what they learned in some obscure class that isn't on the general ed, you know, uh, and and share that knowledge among each other. And I mean, that was the beautiful thing about in the golden dawn system when you get to the grade of five equals six. Within the context of the initiates of that grade, they considered themselves to be members of the Rosé Rubaiyat or Crucis or the Rosicrucian Order. The, the one true Rosicrucian Order if you get a culty one. But otherwise you get people who are a little more enlightened and aware that it's, you know, kind of like symbolic. Um, Arthur Edward Waite apparently wrote a book that I haven't read uh, about the true and invisible Rosicrucian Order that includes, it kind of pops in and out of existence within organizations or outside of organizations. But there's a real thing, in other words, um, there are there is an actual brotherhood of enlightened, you know, or people who are on their way that direction, uh, who are who are working for peace and and who have are centered in love, but yet who are exploring the their other senses and their magical abilities for good, you know. And uh, sometimes they're slipping a bit, you know. And but then they they get up and they get back on the on the right path. These guys were like the superheroes of their time. Yeah, my wife and I went to Japan a couple months ago, and there's there's girls wearing um, the Sigillium de Amet. On T-shirts, because <laughs> there's so much Western esoterica in the anime, and uh, the, even like the Last Supper is like a popular sweatshirt. Wow, Leonardo that is super cool. <laughs> yeah, I know it's interesting, but I mean, it's I suppose it's just the other dot in the yin yang from the people over here who are interested in Eastern stuff. Right. <laughs> Well, do you have any uh, closing thoughts before we uh, wrap up the interview? No, but I tell you what, Edward, it's, it's really good to talk to you. It is really you know? good to talk to you. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, 
we find ourselves so busy in life as the mundane stuff, the spiritual stuff, you know, every, everything seems to take, you know, a chunk of your time and it's, it's just refreshing, you know, to chat with you, to, just to remember all the good times that we had in the past and the hope and the look forward, you know, to, to contacting you and to being a part of your life in the future. Oh, so absolutely. You know, that, that, that's what I want to part with, you know, thinking to myself that, you know what, we're in contact now. We're going to be in contact again. And my heart is happy. It's got a big smile on it. Thinking to myself the next time that we will be in contact. Oh, God. Yeah, two, two things I got to tell you. One is uh, – and the second one's weird. I don't know how you're going to think about the second <laughs> one. But the first one is uh, that you're, that Austin is a stop on my road trip whenever it comes. <laughs> We're going to do That's an epic great. road trip. And, that would be uh, awesome. And we're going to see you then. And the other thing I wanted to tell you is, you know, there was a long time where you and I weren't in touch. We weren't allowed to talk to ex-members. And so we were kind of on opposite sides of some kind of uh, karmic, galactic empire struggle. The very first time I saw Chris Rock, I I saw his face and I was like, I like that guy. He reminds me of my old friend Jeff. But black. <laughs> that is, that, I, I will take that as an awesome compliment, dude. That is so awesome, dude. I'm going to tell my girl that and she's going to laugh for days. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Edward, man. Thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yeah, let's do it again and I'll, I'll plug so much. Always available for you anytime you want. You know, all you have to do is uh, Facebook message me and I'll be there. Absolutely. And I'll, I'm going to make a good uh, image for this episode. I'll have to find a good picture of you, and then I'll find the image of Soma, and I'll work it out in a cool way, and, and I think you'll if like you it. If you can't find a good image of me, just use Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, brother. I love you too, Fredo. All right. You take care. You too. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Well, that was a very, very pleasant interview. And I hope that a lot of people hear this episode not because I want my podcast to be popular, but because I want a lot of people to click through and join Soma. So just find the uh, website connected with this particular episode and click where it says Jeffrey, click add friend or follow or whatever. And click where it says Society of Magical Arts, Soma, and click Join This Group. And we'll talk to you next time. I don't know if it's going to be this next episode, but in the near future, I will have a box of old tapes of Andrew de Passano's lectures back in the early 80s at Hollywood Hills. The Temple of Esoteric Sciences. It's pretty far out. Looking forward to that. Also, uh, an interview or two with some of his former students. He was uh, one of the influences behind the uh, formation of the Source family, and he was also my father's guru in the early 80s. He was the one who taught my dad how to meditate the way that my dad taught me. Have a good night, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.
to the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below. We send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace.